All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. You can describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? still on quarantine yeah day was, five it was funny my aunt called she didn't know that we were in quarantine and she said i talked to your mom and you're in quarantine she's she's like are you sick i'm like no it's to prevent me from being around people because i have to travel soon and they don't want me to be around anyone yeah last night uh you know we we're just sitting around watching tv and Neko <laughs> said something that had me basically falling off the couch because she made a reference to how we're on, like, day four I five. said, it's only day four, and we're uh, already losing our minds. What is this, the lighthouse? Right, and I, I said, I just kind of, like, laughed, and she's like, what, what did you say? <laughs> you not you, like my... I said, you liked me lobster, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Willem Dafoe yeah, was I, I, flipping out on, on Pattinson, he's like, you that. make this, this shit food, and he's like, no, you liked me lobster, didn't you? <laughs> So this is, we're already kind of losing our minds. We're not even allowed to go out to the grocery store. Um, yeah, it's like we go outside for any kind of packages. We're like, ooh, we're like, the yard. In and out really fast. The yard, yay. But I understand why we have to do it. It's just, what sucks for me is as soon as I get out of this, I'm leaving the house, getting in my car, driving to the ship and getting on a ship for 26 days. And then Anubis gets to go back to life as usual. Yeah, back to work. And more and more places around us are starting to get infected. So it's, it's, it's a little scary in the sense that it's getting closer and closer. Luckily, we have this time to get off for a couple of weeks. But, you know. And, and we are, we've, even before this, we were listening. We were not going out willy-nilly. We were, you know, we would yeah, just. Yeah, we were taking precautions. Yeah, we would go to the grocery store, like, once a week and. I would go into the office like once a week when needed to help get stuff ready, but right now we have no choice. We have to just buckle down. 
Yeah, so today we've got like uh, a few topics to get to, some interesting stuff, a couple uh, series. We're going to touch a little bit more on Tiger King, not much, but a little bit. I can't not stop talking about Tiger King. Like, uh, it's, my, it's become my life. Got new stuff from Perdition Temple, new Black Dahlia murder. Um, in this moment, uh, Death, Demonic Death Judge, uh, also Unholy Desperation, got... Uh, Bunch of stuff sent to me from labels, grand sounds, metal message, curtain calls, um, Kobar. So a few of those uh, stuff are in there as well. Gonna kick off this first block of music from a band called Don of Ouroboros. And uh, they're fucking awesome. Like, I just actually ordered the vinyl of this new record and uh, it's fucking amazing. It's progressive death post black metal now. Facebook page says they're from the San Francisco Bay Area, but... Uh, Encyclopedia and Italian says they're from Oakland, so I'm not sure which one's more accurate, but when I was listening to the record, it, it was really interesting because I thought they actually had two singers. I thought there was, like, the one doing the rough vocals and then, of course, the female vocals that are included, but turns out Chelsea Murphy, the singer, is doing both, so it's pretty fucking amazing, and the way they've integrated the vocals uh, arrangements are fucking amazing, and just the music is tight, um, fantastic fucking band. If you haven't checked it out, uh, the album is called The Art of Morphology, and uh, they're fucking amazing. So you're going to get a taste of that right now, and we'll be back in a little bit. Right after this. Right. <laughs>
Alright, DJ Nimbus. And DJ Neko. Back with you. So, uh, we had a chance to finally binge watch the second season of Making a Murderer. We were pretty fascinated by the first season. Yes. It oh. was, I, I love stuff like this, and I think I actually like the second season more, because the first season was almost like focusing on, they are kind of white trash, which I love, because we live in a wonderful white trash area, but, you know, the first season was focusing on the family, and so, basically, Stephen Avery, from Wisconsin, and his nephew, Brendan Dassey, Am I saying his last name right, Dassey? Dassey yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. They both end up going to jail for a murder of this woman who takes pictures of cars for Auto Trader. And the Averys own a salvage yard and they sell vehicles and things like that. And junk cars. And yeah. junk cars, etc. So this is a woman that he knew and had done business with many times, but both of these people ended up in jail with like a very flimsy it seemed case but the interesting thing about Stephen Avery was he was in jail for 18 years for a crime he didn't commit already finally when DNA same county by yeah the way. same county finally when the DNA evidence kind of caught up and they do the DNA testing on what they had on the evidence it turns out it's not Stephen Avery who cr committed this rape it was rape it was a rape and murder wasn't it it yeah. was it was somebody else so he got exonerated and after that happened he actually filed a lawsuit against the county for 36 million dollars for being wrongfully imprisoned for 18 years so after all that happened he's and been you can imagine how pissed off the you know the, the law enforcement and everything i was like it, regardless of like if you've seen these series, regardless of how you feel about who may have done it, one thing's quite clear is that the, the legal system and the way that the law enforcement works in that particular state and county is very concerning, just all over the board. Um, now, granted, because it's Netflix, you know, you're maybe not always seeing every exact thing that happens. We, we kind of learned that through the first season, I think. Yeah, and that's the thing, like... You know, the first season was very sensationalized about the family themselves and about the first trials. But what I did like about this, this season this was This season that, was all about the law and scientific fact. Yeah, there's a... Even though I read like an article real quickly that said that they felt season two was more sens sensationalistic. Uh, it may be only because the woman, uh, Kathleen... Now, Zellner, Zellner uh, who is who, now Avery's post-petition lawyer, right. lawyer. So she uh, she did a lot of legwork the last few years, uh, re-examining the case, going back. I mean, she did like a lot of investigating with the people she works with, and using a combination of like cell phone uh, locations and you know the path of the, the dogs when they were checking out the surrounding areas. Like, just so many things aren't adding up to the way that the actual law enforcement And that's what she's trying to show. She's trying to show that the story that the prosecutors were putting together really doesn't look like the story that the evidence is showing from her investigation. And she said, it may sound crazy. She's doing lots of little things. First, 
she wants she really does want to find out who the act, actual murderer is so she's trying to find out anything that will lead not just away from Avery but will show something that will lead him to the right killer to, yeah to the right person so everything that she's going through she's she's going by people's testimony she's going by um Evidence that was never brought into the trial that the jury never heard. Um, her own testing on pieces of evidence from her scientists. And she, what she wants to do is take that information and hopefully it's enough to grant a new trial. I mean, you have to understand that in some of the cases from the original trial, uh, there was evidence placed in wrong bags. It was labeled wrong or uh, certain things that were found on the ex-boyfriend who lived in a different county or something at the time uh was uh, was something that she had on her at the time that somehow he managed to yeah she um she had her she had her day planner in her possession while she was because her job was being a photographer and it had all of her appointments listed and then handwritten in new appointments she had that in her car but then the boyfriend somehow ended up having it after the fact and she was trying to say it's impossible for him to have that unless he was in the car with her right. at the time of death or before then her. even more head scratching is you've got you know Brendan Dassey's brother Bobby who has like when the law enforcement was investigating found like really some questionable material on his computer like like seventy-five pages worth of going to porn sites for teen, not just porn, yeah, it was teen like porn, teen girl drowning, drowning, strangling, just decapitation stuff. Like and just a they lot actually, of crazy shit. In the uh, they actually used Bobby Dassey, that's Brendan's brother. They used his testimony in Stephen's Stephen Avery's. That's his net. Bobby is Stephen Avery's nephew. Right. So. They used Bobby's testimony, the prosecutors did, against Stephen, saying that, you know, he saw his uncle, or he saw Teresa Hallback go into his uncle's um, trailer, when in fact, when what Stephen is saying is he went outside and Bobby was already gone, his car was already gone, and then Bobby had, had made a comment, um to I don't know if it was his relative or but they have it written down that Bobby said I saw Teresa leave right so he knows that he saw Teresa leave even though he lied and said he saw Teresa going into so they used this not strong testimony and it was part of the what kind of tied Avery so to speak to this to this murder. Yeah, it's really a weird thing because mm -hmm. it's a tale of two different things here because you got Brendan who at 16 makes a coerced, a, confession. A coerced confession which, you know, it's not like the officers were berating him or anything but they were definitely feeding him uh, things and he was clearly not smart enough or mature enough to pick up on what he should be doing in that particular case. And he case. didn't, and he's 16, he didn't have his parent with him, even though his he, his parent did consent to the um, to the interview, but his parent wasn't with him, he didn't have a lawyer with him, and I just think, because I, I think that And it's more and more I get at it, like, you know, Barbara is, of course, Brendan's mother, and I just, I'm kind of mad because she should know better. Mm-hmm. 
And she allowed that to happen without even getting him any kind of representative. You can get, like, a, your regular... A public defender right, or... anything. Uh, and she failed to do that. Like, that's... Some of that's on her. Like, I had forgotten that she even signed... Allowed him to sign the consent form. And that's... Because, you know, of course, she... They have video of her going back in there asking him what he said. And she almost didn't believe Brendan at a point. Like, she thought, did you do this? You know, I was like... So it's really kind of weird, and then now, of course, when stuff starts pointing to the other the brother, she's all defensive about it. Like, well, something's fucking going on. You're not paying attention to what your kids yeah, are doing. Yeah, you're not paying attention to your family because. They... And now you're all fucking worried about them being in jail and whether or not Bobby might end up being a, a suspect. It's like or her her husband Scott, who's right. the stepfather. Right. And what was really interesting was um, there was a trucker, who um he was driving down the highway and he just happened to see a green Brad four on the side of the road, which was Teresa, which was Teresa's vehicle. vehicle. And he didn't pay any attention to it cause it was just there. But as he got to the, I guess it was like a truck stop or a gas station or something. He saw that this was, it said critically missing. And then Brad four and, um, he spoke to an officer and said, officer, this I saw that vehicle a couple miles up that way. It's It's got to be that vehicle. And he said nothing ever happened with it. They never asked him any questions. They never followed up, etc. Then after he saw the making of a murder on Netflix, he was like just in shock because he saw the officer that he spoke to was one of the officers in, in the investigation. They never followed up with him. They never took any statements from him. And he said he couldn't believe that nobody would follow up on that kind of thing when it was literally less than a five-minute drive away from the gas station where they were. Either that or there are some some theories like on the Avery's case is that the police were involved in moving the, the vehicle to his, to his uh, salvage yard because they were so pissed off that they got... Stephen Avery is not like what you would say, like a Boy Scout. He's not like an upstanding. So he's just just a white trash dude who redneck, redneck who owns uh, a salvage yard. He's not like so. They're pissed that they he got out because of bad police work the first time. He's going to be getting a settlement because he was, you know, wrongfully imprisoned for eighteen years. Some of the theory is is that the police were involved and they were moving his the vehicle and that's another thing that Zellner was trying to prove is that the vehicle was moved several times. The body was moved of, of Teresa Hallback was moved several times and, and nobody has really followed up on that. They were going off of the kind of weak testimony that they were getting from Brendan and from other people. Who were saying the, the biggest problem here is that law enforcement had it in their head that Stephen was the only possible suspect. You know, it's like they didn't even bother really looking anywhere else, even though they had certain mm -hmm. things that were concerning. And that's bad police work. I don't care who you are. And that's something that some of these articles are saying about the new seasons that if you watch the first one, the second one's better because it actually goes into a lot more detail and it actually gives you a lot more information and knowledge about everything that's going on. And it's not just whether or not you have a corrupt police force. You have politics involved with the court systems that 
They yeah. don't. They don't want to admit that they did twice something wrong. Twice, Brendan had a chance to get out because it was overturned about his conviction. But then, like the DA, uh, the prosecutors, and the attorney general, they're like, "We're not going to let this rest because we know that this is going to fall back on us." They know they're wrong. They just don't want to admit it. So they keep t- keep taking it higher. Yeah, and many higher. many times. Uh, what was it like? Three times they overturned Brendan's confession saying it was in, inadmissible in court well then finally they went as high as they possibly could and got the, the seventh circuit the seventh circuit said you know they needed four but they got three out of the seventh circuit and now it was overturned again so the um their i i know their biggest concern they being the state of wisconsin is is as soon as brendan's um confession is is inadmissible that hurts the Avery case too. And then on top of that, they've got people like who've made millions of dollars off of writing books on this. They've got people that they, if this is a cover up, then the shit's going to hit the fan. They just want this all to go away. And now they've got, but Zellner is like a, a bulldog. She's not going anywhere. A f- yeah. A friend of Avery's kept writing her saying, I know you only take certain cases. I know you only do, but this, this is, you know, important. He, important. Hear me out. And, as Delner, as soon as she got the case, she was like, yes, there is a lot of inaccuracies going on. Same thing with Brendan's case. It's going through um, Northwestern University's um, youth, I forgot what it's actually called, but it's it's a, it's a pro bono, and they do it for youths who were charged with crimes that they did not commit, and they're trying to help them get... And I really did like the Northwestern lawyers, but as you pointed out while we're watching it, that she was very good and she was very like prepared but she just doesn't have that kind of court presence the way that Zellner yeah, does she came across very skittish and not confident that's what it was she didn't it, have so. the confidence like she would say I, I respectfully disagree or like just the way she would say things she wasn't like She'd um, trip herself up. Yeah, and she, you know she did the research, and you know she prepared. But they're working now um, to go even higher and to see what can happen. But the, it's just so fascinating. This kind of stuff I always love watching and reading about. Yeah, I, I think we definitely recommend checking it out. It's, you know, we're in, everyone's in kind of like some kind of quarantine. So if you're indoors... I mean, like true crime type things. It's something worth checking out for sure. I mean, there's a podcast called S-Town, if you are... I forgot who did it, but it's another kind of interesting thing. Like, what happened to this guy? Um, You, I would... You should really listen to that, and then we could talk about that. It's really interesting. I haven't listened to it in a while, and it's, it's probably about four or five years old, but... If you like true crime, you're going to enjoy making a murder. Indeed. All right. Let's kick it into some more music. Next block, got a couple of tracks from Grand Sounds, Promotions, Mass Murder, and Sacred Sin, but we're going to kick it off some brand new Angerot, Cancel of the Ungodly. Saints. No 
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics who do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you Back. DJ Neko. DJ Nimbus. Metal Time Radio Podcast with the Hordes of Chaos. The Hordes of Chaos. So we talked a little bit a couple episodes ago about Tiger King. We talk about Tiger King all the time because I can't stop with this entire... It's like... I see people start to hate it. And I, I kind of get it. I, I mean, can't. I can't. It's a, it's 100% that it, it's, bitch Carol Baskin. It, it's like that train wreck that you just can't turn away from. But I can't stop watching it. You know, one thing about the series is, much like fucking uh, making a murderer, is that there's a lot going on that is beyond what the original plot is. Like, there's just so much going on. With any of the fucking characters involved, including that bitch, Carol Baskins. It was really interesting because I, um, I'm obsessed with this and I read articles all the time about all of these people. And, um, I was on, I think Reddit and there was a person on there who said I used to volunteer at the Big Cat animal rescue where carol worked and blah 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 and gave like a whole rundown um on her her like methods and she's like the the interesting thing though is you know what they show you on the netflix special about her she doesn't have hardly any interaction with the volunteers and she's and this woman who was on reddit she was trying to explain like you know this is how this is what we, they do with the cats and this is why we do it this way and she actually said you know you know carol started off buying her cats too and she was breeding cats but then all of that is since halted and they really are trying to operate as a sanctuary for people who can't take care of big cats so in that essence you the volunteers that are there really are trying and Carol has turned over a new leaf, really trying to make it a sanctuary for the animals at least the last, like, ten years or so. But, when everybody asks the question... There's questions, because... The, about the bitch, Carol Baskin, did she kill... Because the, the, everybody's like, so do you think she killed her husband? And she's like, probably. So... <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, like, I don't think there's ever a doubt that she cares about the animals. Uh, you know, from watching the, the series, you get that impression. But the problem was, her husband at one point was thinking about moving everything to another state. No, to Costa Rica. Yeah. Out okay. of the country. All right, so further. I forgot. But uh, the point is, she didn't want to leave where they were. So that was sort of like a, a wedge between her and her ex-husband. 
And so he was actually flying down there for something to, to, to pre-look at it or something or check out the landscape. Well, he had he had traveled to Costa Rica quite a bit, and there was but ru- he, there were rumors that he had a Costa Rican girlfriend slash family down right. there. But uh, so yeah, the, the thing is though, the the day that he disappeared, his vehicle was found at the airport where he would have been going, but there's never a log of him actually getting on a flight, so... But then her excuse there was he was flying illegally because he would fly himself, and he... What did they say? He he didn't pass his pilot's license, but they still would let him fly, so then they never took actual logs of, of his... I don't know if they let him fly, but I think they said that... Or she was implying that he would fly under the radar. Without, and... without like, anything official, which sounds bullshit, because the, the yeah, FAA I mean... regulates their flying pretty right. closely. So, but the, the point is, you know, the joke is that she fed him to her tigers or whatever. And the thing is, though, I found recently, and this is why I bring this back up, is because I had recently seen an article, uh, whether it's whether it's recently or at the time of his disappearance, uh, the police were asking people to take lie detector tests, and, and many of them, all of them, except for her, uh, were willing to do it and did it. Uh, now, according to her attorney, she's, the attorney told her she wouldn't be vindicated of anything, whether she did it or not. But it does leave some more question marks because even though you're not going to use anything that, like that in court, you know, the fact that she wouldn't take it kind of leaves you thinking, hmm, is there something more there? Uh, yeah, polygraphs can be really she, unreliable at she's, times. She, well, she's one of those people, though, that when I look at her, she either comes across quite the deadhead or dits or she comes across as a very manipulative and smart and she just plays dumb so it's hard to say and to that point that's what that woman um who was on reddit saying she's like she's very socially awkward she hardly says anything to the volunteers that kind of like the what you're seeing on netflix is kind of played up she's like talking to the volunteers and being all like woo clap yay she really doesn't do that she hardly has any interaction with her volunteers and the woman she said she that i that put her herself out there on on reddit she said like carol baskin seems very socially awkward that that nervous laugh that you were saying scotty she does that all the time so it it is interesting to see how the directors kind of play it up on um Netflix to kind of show how she's like oh so involved but she's really not like involved in anything so long story short is apparently the case is still open it's not closed yet but it's you know they really don't have anything to tie her to his disappearance but it's just I thought it was kind of interesting that out of all the people who decided to try to give lie detector tests to that she was one that bitch wouldn't that dumb that bitch, <laughs> that motherfucking bitch. But on the, and the flip side, you know, if you figure out, you see what's going on with fucking uh, Avery, it's like maybe she's smart she doesn't do it because, you know, who knows what the cops, you know, if they're bad too, would try to do to, you know, if she is You don't know good. how they're going to interpret, you're right. Right, Like, so, they'd be like, oh, that little line right there, that means that she's lying. Right. Oh, so we're going to have to, we're going to... We're going to have to investigate more, you know, it's like, yeah, so, I, I mean, I get it, but uh, it's just kind of funny. All right, uh, in this block of music, got some classic incantation, but I got some stuff from Metal Magic, Blood Red, and of course, kicking it off, brand new stuff from Black Dahlia Murderer.
DJ Nichols pick of the week coming up. An interesting one. I don't think I've ever heard that song before. So Really? When it comes to that particular band, I've heard certain songs, so this will be new for me. Uh, but I also have new stuff from uh, Losing September, Gentle Giant. Not Gentle, they're not new, but uh, Autograph, not new. And Lion Shepherd's not new. So just uh, Mr. Elevator, which is going to kick it all off and losing September, which is we got Is that the print. one that I said, you said it was like psychedelic? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll be back in a few. We're going to kick it off to Mr. Elevator anywhere.
do you wish and where do you go? Who are you? Where are you? Where you from? Will you tell me your name? Rest a while, call me your friend. Please stay with me. I'd like to help. Then he said, How can I speak when I'm dry? When I'm dry, when I'm dry. So bring me aid and I'll answer you. I'll answer your dear friend in need. I'd like your help. Please take me home. I'll stay with you.
pick of the week and I'm gonna turn it over to her turn it over to me so my pick of the week this week is by the offspring it is bad habit now I really didn't probably get into the offspring until this album came out and I was in ninth grade I think when um this is when they had come out and play and everything on it. I think I was about ninth grade. Love this song. I always, I was like, yeah, I was really into the offspring. I was really, yeah, this is great. This is great. I, um, you know, it's kind of alternative-y. They, uh, Dexter Holland kind of like says they pull a lot of inspiration from punk and I'm sure their earlier stuff is a little bit more punkish, you I know? Think that, yeah, because Jason used to say he liked a lot of the earlier stuff mm -hmm. for that reason. So, being a young teen and, like, you know, when we were younger, I feel like more so than now, picking your favorite bands and picking music to listen to kind of, like, was your identity. It was, you know, what music... That was one of the first things you would ask somebody when you were either meeting a boyfriend or meeting a new friend. What type of music do you listen to? So... Well, we've seen it on Facebook recently with all the choose your... 10 day challenge yeah or, yeah so i kind of did that with starting from the earliest stuff that i can remember that i really liked to the latest obviously but so this i think was <clears throat> one of the bands that really started because again i i was probably not even barely 14 because i didn't turn 14 until november of 94 so this was you know ninth grade into 10th grade era and, or maybe it was into, whatever, but it was early, early high school. So this song, this album really kind of put me into the alternative girl, like. Was this like your introduction into that or were you like into like 
Well, no, because I was into Nirvana and Pearl Jam and stuff in uh, middle school. Right. But this is way different, and you can hear, like, a lot of the, um... And I was always kind of into punk and stuff, too, so... And ska. And ska, so this kind of, like, was this nice mixture. Anyway, the funniest thing about this song, though, Bad Habit, was they were on the Billboard's music show, the awards... And this song has, like, a very prominent section where there's a lot of cursing. Like, <laughs> there is no music at all. It's just the lead singer going... Fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, fuck, yeah, fuck. basically. They didn't bleep it out. So it was on prime time with them because, you know, this became a really big album for them. And it, they put them on the billboards playing live. So that's one of the reasons I chose it, chose this as my pick of the week because this really solidified, I guess, my alternative girl ego. And then I was like, "This is hysterical! They're on, you know, they're on TV, and they said the F it's like word." Like a modern Doors episode. Like yeah, yeah, because they wouldn't take out higher. Right. But this was so great. Like they know. They, I don't even know if they they being the directors of the Billboard Awards. They did. I don't think they. They probably didn't. They, they didn't it. preview it. There, it's not like, like now they, they have to be more cautious about some of these artists and i don't even there. know if they if they hit the bleep button too late but it's like bleep 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 bleep, bleep. they'd have to like really preview it but they let them play live and they didn't change their song so go offspring <laughs> here we go Audio attention please Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. And we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, Audio Jump. Let's welcome DJ Neko's pick of the week.
Hi there, this is Pagan from Gothenburg, Sweden, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. DJ Nibis! DJ Neko! Back with you. So, I was on Loudwire yesterday. Uh-huh. And I saw they had the top 10 rock songs of the 90s. Now, as I'm looking through this, I'm not sure if I think they're the best. Like, obviously, it's all subjective, but... Maybe they in- judging encompass by, the feeling of the 90s. Well, no, I... I I'm looking at the list, and to me, those were, were songs that were really, really, really popular. And maybe two of them or so I really, really liked. And of course, one of them, which came at number 10, was The Verb, Bittersweet Symphony, which I absolutely love. But they had a lot of controversy regarding the plagiarism of the Stones, I believe it was. They were supposedly uh, ripping off at the time. Yeah, and every time I hear that song, too, though, I think of... Um... Oh, what's that Reese Witherspoon movie with the... Oh, um, um, Cruel Intentions. Yes. Yeah. So every time I hear that song... And Cruel Intentions was like my late 90s, you know... Jam. Yeah, it was like... I, you know, you had Clueless, you had Cruel Intentions, kind of... Um, but the breakdown is basically 10 was Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve, 9, Lightning Crash Which by I Live. hate that song. I, I think I actually liked that I one. hate... I'm not a big fan of Live either. I, uh, Mr. Jones, Kenny Crows, I hated that one. I did, it meant for me. Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz, I think I did but like see, that. But see, I would have picked Are You Gonna Go My Way yeah, that, by Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, that's my like. See, I song. love Lenny, and... Two Princes by Spin Doctors, I did like that one. I like that song, too. Um, Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind, I did not like. I love that song. Uh, Iris by Goo Goo Dolls, I don't even remember that one. And I don't want the uh, world uh, yeah, to see me. Fuck that. One Headlight, The Wallflowers, forget it. You, see, you didn't even know that song until I played it. I love, come on, drive a little, no. nothing is forever. Uh, two was Hey Jealousy I hate by Jim that song. I don't like that one. And then, of course, uh, I do not like Losing I My love, Religion by R.E.M. love, love <laughs> Losing My Religion. I loved, I was so into R.E.M. as a, a teen and a preteen, and R.E.M. was like everything to me i had this before i don't even know where the hell all of my the, the fucking thing is like i could have spent all day making up my own 10 list and i probably should have before but I this is it. what loudwire said but you know the fact that they totally avoided nirvana who really kicked it off it smells like teen spirit like that should have been it list. pop rock they didn't say like yeah, they didn't. yeah pop rock uh, like said, okay i see what you're saying so it's more like you were saying these are popular songs yeah well smells like teen spirit was getting played like a lot uh, yeah if you didn't know who nirvana was in the 90s there was a problem for you you were snoozing and what was the other ones they did uh in bloom and come as you are mm-hmm. so those are all like uh you could have picked i mean nine inch nails probably not but pearl jam yes uh Soundgarden, definitely but see this is pop rock like like yeah, we're I, saying I, bittersweet I symphony you hated uh, Goo Goo Dolls. Like, apparently, I don't... I, I, I tried to research it as far as, like, all the popular songs during that time. Because even if you avoided, like, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and all that, there's got to be just other songs. Like, these were the ones I remember being played a lot. 
And that might be why. That's. But what? I wouldn't necessarily call them the best. Oh, I'd call Losing My Religion the best, but they're... That's a terrible song. Do you realize that the, for the longest Although, time, they had the... They held the award for the I most think, wins and... I think Lacuna Quill does a sweet cover of that, which is better, I think. But I'm not sure if I got the right band. But see, there's so many different um, R.E.M. songs that I, I love Losing My Religion. However, there are so many... REM songs that came out in the 90s that are way better in my opinion and you probably would like them more that was was that was before losing my religion so it might be late 80s um no like stuff off of automatic for the people was way more like alternative and darky if you know what i mean like it wasn't like like this this um losing my religion was like much more pop and and keeping to the following over from the uh stand in the place where you live and you know what i mean like they took what's her face from um from the b-52s and they did shiny happy people with her right oh i forgot her name that makes me but they took the girl from the b-52s when they did shiny happy people that was part of stand but then losing my religion kind of started off uh a different sect kind of like a bridge and then when they hit automatic for the people and like new adventures in hi-fi and um it was more of like i don't want to call it true alternative but like monster 2 was another one i i liked as well like with what's the frequency canon that, that and, i liked a lot that's what i was trying to think but of automatic course. automatic for the people had drive snap Crash, bush, whack. The the video of that was um, Michael Stipe just crowd surfing and singing. So it was like kind of a little avant-garde. And that's what he was doing as after this poppy kind of losing my religion and the poppy like shiny happy people. He tried to move forward and be a little bit more. I just want to say dark, but it's not like a dark album. It nah. was, but well, that but song again, there too on um, on Monster U is super dark. It's very good though, and you might like that song. It's... Yeah, I don't hate the band. I just never got losing my religion. Like I didn't like their take on it. Like that's their stuff. But like I've heard other versions. Like maybe it's uh, I can't remember the name, but there's another heavier band that did it. I think which was even still better. But either way uh but they were trying they were going for complete irony writing the song and the way that they did their video and you have to think like before losing my religion yeah they were rem but like they were just rem losing my religion blew up and they probably were not intending it for it to blow up oh yeah but uh but yeah losing my religion had some kind of because it was before nirvana um, there was, I forgot, they, they had, with, uh, nominations versus wins, like, they had the highest percentage for that particular song out of, and it carried on for years and years and years because that song was just, like, they were winning award after award, whether it be an MTV or a Billboard or a Grammy, you know? But I guess you don't care. <laughs> you don't like R.E.M. like I don't. Nah. Not like that. Um... Yeah, so, okay, let's jump into our next block of music. Uh, brand new stuff from Demonic Death Judge. Uh, got some classic raunchy in there, but uh, there's also a sweet cover of Mazzy Star by In This Moment, which I'm really up to because it's one of my favorite songs from Mazzy Star, so you'll be hearing that. But 
Kicking out this next block with Ronchi is called Truth Taker.
this is Jessica from Factory of Dreams. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. And we're back. All right. So, DJ Neko. Nubis here with you as well. <laughs> she just had to get that in there. We have to say it's us. Uh, so the other day, picked up on this article. Didn't know much about it beforehand. But uh, apparently a uh, French gentleman, uh, heavy metal artist named... Jean-Pascal Fournier. Yeah, very good. I would have butchered the shit out of that. Uh, yeah, so apparently he... Uh, Killed his dad. You're like, you're just, yeah, he just uh, killed Allegedly. his dad. Yeah. But, you know, it's really in grim fashion. Like, apparently he disemboweled him and then shot him in the head with an arrow. So I, I don't even know what the fuck would make you think of an arrow. But uh, but then apparently he tried to drive off the road in his car and commit suicide or some shit like that, too. So it's really a weird situation. Uh, he hasn't died, obviously. They, they got him and they you know arrested him. And I'm sure he's in some sort of psych ward. Uh, but he was actually pretty well known as far as like the metal art that he did. He did stuff for Inventasia, Dragon Force, and Ed Guy, uh, stuff like Valley of the Damned and Savage Poetry albums. So over two hundred metal album covers. Yeah, so apparently he was really good and really well known for doing that kind of stuff. But as far as like you know what his intentions are or why he did what he did. It's anyone's guess at this point. Yeah, they haven't really released a lot of information other than what we just uh, spoke about because I, I mean, again, we are trying to say allegedly he did this to his dad, so they're probably still collecting evidence and going through everything, but it's kind of interesting because I don't know what would possess someone to kind of go off the rails like this like to disembowel somebody i yeah that's some like and that's serious a, anger there yeah and then to actually do it like i would not know how to disembowel somebody i would think maybe a hunter might know how to do it or oh well yeah but i think some of this is either the guy really has just kind of lost it or drugs are involved or something it just it could be a crime of passion, but the to do go through all that—that's some serious fucking hate right there. I don't even. Yeah, I. It's and I again. I'm just kind of putting it out there because we're reading one article, and there's only a few articles out there reporting on this. Um, it could be, like you said, mental illness, especially with the uh, with the attempted suicide. It could be, you know, he was quoted in a column more recently about he was having a hard time making ends meet on illustrating. It could be a lot of things. Stress kind of gets to people. And if it's been recent, it's kind of crazy in France right now. So, yeah, you know, a lot with of the COVID-19. Just, yeah, people described him as very kind and nice. So they are... They are too or really not understanding why not only does he do it, but like the savagery involved. So it's like something's going on there, and I don't know if like 
being stressed out about work or something with someone else. Maybe he had a bad relationship with his dad at some point. I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever seen Michael Douglas falling down? No. You've never seen that movie? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought, I thought you meant him actually falling No, down. no, no, the movie. <laughs> I'm like, what did you say I'm actually falling down? <laughs> no, the movie. That, that yeah, that, that's, but, you know, he's an artist, man. I mean, I can't imagine that it's quite that stressful than, like, getting in a suit and tie and going to work every day in the hot sun. Because um, everyone, you know, we, we have our own issues. Yeah, I think everybody kind of says, what's going to be my breaking point to turn me into Michael Douglas and falling down? Like, I mean, you literally have to kill, like, a bunch of kittens in front of me for you to go that nuts on you. I love when he got so mad about the guy working on the street. He's like, it was fine yesterday. Tell me, what is wrong with it today? And the guy's like, I don't know. No, that's a fucking hamburger. Oh, the McDonald's? It's like... It comes out, he's like, how does this look like that? (laughs) (laughs) And he wanted breakfast and it was 10.58. And the funny thing is, he's in there with a newsie and like, the manager shit himself, but some of the other employees are like laughing and smiling. They know he's fucking right. Like, they work at that place and they're like... This guy's got a point. He's got a gun, but he's got a point. Oh, God. That's an underrated movie. Like, I don't think enough people appreciate falling down. Well, I I think they do, but it's like, it's one of those things where, like, people become more sympathetic with Douglas (laughs) than they do anything else in the movie. He's like, I just want to get home to see my daughter. Like, it's not even like his ex-wife is a bitch or anything, and the kid's fine, but it's like... You can understand, like, the struggles he's dealing with just in general. And that's what I'm wondering if that's what happened with this guy. Like, if just everything in life just snowballed and he snapped i mean sometimes happens but we do send our condolences to the family and yeah it's uh, you know it's a sad thing i'm sure for his friends and family and all that stuff so hopefully uh they get to the bottom of it and figure out what happened there but it sucks especially when it's somebody who's had such an impact on the middle community exactly so all right well we're back in a little bit uh, kicking off this next block, some unholy desecration.
Richard from Carnivorous Forest and the Eucharistic Assembly, and you are listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Stay metal and folk as it were.
new disbelief, the waiting DJ Nubis. Freaking loved that. I was like headbanging. Oh yeah, it's fucking great shit. Been around for a little while, so I've been. So I'm just kind of offended. You didn't mention anything about my T-shirt that I'm wearing today. The Fallujah. My Satan kitties. Satan kitties. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. But it's the cutest, most evil shirt ever. Cutest versus e, okay. Most evil. Most evil. I had to buy it because I had kitty cats with uh, satanic crosses and uh, red eyes. So. Well, we always end up doing that before you want to like concerts and stuff. If anything is real, like didn't Wednesday Thirteen have some shit like yeah, that? Yeah, it said like yeah. pussy killer, and they yeah. were like, uh, like, uh, what am I doing? Filing, filing, filing the claws. <laughs> <laughs> I love anything cat-related. That's why I'm DJ Neko. If nobody knows, Neko is the word for cat in Japanese, and it kind of comes from my... Just turn in Japanese. Turn in Japanese. <laughs> I play this game called Neko Atsumi, which translates to cat collector, and it's a Japanese... And, she, and she's actually insane about it. Like, let me tell you. Oh, my had, old phone? Yeah, she, she was, like, almost refusing to get a new phone, like... Because she my like, phone was crashing, I would lose my game and all my kitty cats. So now I've been rebuilding, making it better. But yeah, because she had no choice but to get a new phone. Yeah, it's been about a year and a half, but I've I've gotten kind of close. I have almost all the kitties again and almost all the goodies. But uh, I love Neko Atsumi, and that is why I am DJ Neko because I am DJ Kitty Cat. I mean, we've, basically, we've collected our own share of cats ourselves, and we're yeah. We only have one right now because she is in her uh, senior years. We're letting her live out her golden years alone. The problem for us is, like, by the time Miss Kitty passes, like, we're going to be like, Could well, we, we only wanted two cats, but we're going to take, like, probably, like, four. Could we please have a litter of yeah, cats? Yeah, it's going to happen. You just know it is. We've decided that we want all black cats, and we're going to name them all something like... Lucifer. Lucifer. Bagheera. Bagheera. Panthro. And <laughs> um, one more. We need one more evil black cat name what's the one from um the tv show we were watching uh the girl from mad men she was in it sabrina what's mm -hmm. her cat's name salem salem okay so there we go for salem lucy purr panthro and bagheera are four evil black cats <laughs> well i guess we're wrapping it up now honey Yep, I uh, appreciate for everyone checking out the shows. Hope we're help killing the time a little bit while you're in quarantine. Uh, topics are a little bit more scarce, but we try to find stuff that's interesting and keep you engaged. Yeah, that's what's depressing. Like, everything that's out right now is about the quarantine. It's about COVID-19. Nothing is going on. We can't talk about concerts. We can't talk about movies. Nothing is going on. <sighs> yeah, but, you know, there's stuff out there to check out. So I did uh, notice there's a trailer for a movie coming up. I'm going to discuss that with Nick on the next uh, episode. Yeah, I know. Video. I saw that. I, I didn't watch the trailer yet, but I mean, that's a tw that's a 2021 movie that it looks like it's going right. to come out in 2021. Yeah, well, so it's going to be a while, but uh, either way, because I know we just, we'll find some new topics by the time. We're trying to get some podcasts out before she leaves, so she'll be at least with one we got more nine, Yeah, this, we got so. nine more days, so we're at least going to try and throw in one more podcast Uh Again, they're going to be released sporadically. Like you're, you're going to release this. And yeah, this will come out. Uh, they're not. They're. Not you're you're hearing us, this but, afterwards, right. but we're going to try and get as many with me because I'm only supposed to be gone 26 days, so that's about four weeks. 
if we get a couple in the can, as they say, before I leave. Queued up. Queued up. And then I can come back with some really awesome stories about being on the sea. Yeah, especially now, because it's going to be interesting what her stories will well, be. Well, that's the, the, the thing that there is no port calls and no shore passes. So, like, usually when you get to port, they're like, yeah, you can go to shore. Uh-uh. So even if we do ha get, have to go to port for whatever reason, um, food, fuel, etc., you have to stay on the ship. I'm going to be locked down. I've been locked down in here. And she's on a super secret mission, so I won't be able to talk to her. Yeah, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk to anybody. I don't know where it is. All I know is, like, I know how to do what I'm supposed to do. I was I asked about, like, what we're supposed to do, and I know how to do what we're supposed to do. Don't know where I'm going. Don't know how long it'll take me to get where I'm going. It's kind of like the Indianapolis. <laughs> Trust me, people know where I'm going, but... I don't, and I think they do that because it is a it is secret, and I'm just out there floating in the fucking ocean. I mean, just out in the fucking I'm wind, in the fucking ocean here. All right, one track left for you before we break out of here. It's Subtype Zero with Immortalize. Enjoy the rest of your days. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Send us more stickers. Yes, stickers.